0: It's time to talk basketball, baseball, football, anything uh, really that, that that pops off here. We talked candy for basically half of a show one time. Sam Duesenberry Jr. is my guest host of the NBA Pick and Pop podcast. What's up, Sam?
1: Gee, I am speaking to you from a Cleveland hotel room where the stench, the load that Lamar Jackson left here is still very omnipresent.
0: Mm. What are you doing in Cleveland?
1: Uh, the day gig has me out here. There's a doubleheader, or at least a scheduled doubleheader, for this weekend uh, between some of the luminaries of uh, college basketball. You know, you got some UNC action, you got some Ohio, you got some Kentucky, and you have some UCLA that's uh, an alleged. You know, because with COVID, we're not sure what's going to actually go off as planned. So everything is tentatively scheduled these days. But that's the double header we have coming up uh, this weekend for, for the day gig. So uh, they flew me out here to be a part of it and help out with the crew here. So hey. that's why I'm speaking to you uh, from Cleveland, the Cleveland Marriott. Nice. I see why LeBron left. <laughs> it's only been about 24 hours, but... I can firmly say, LeBron, I understand.
0: I get it. I get it, especially in December, man. It, it's uh, it's probably very gloomy out there. I remember, I went out and visited the Cleveland. Um, gosh, at that at that time, it was CBS radio station. I connected with a guy out there, the program director. Uh, Adam the Bull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, not. I don't remember what the guy's name was, but yeah, the the station where Adam the Bull uh, works at.
2: Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yeah, so I went out there and I remember because my sister lives about thirty five minutes away from there in Cleveland and um and it was just very gloomy, a little snowy, obviously very cold. Things that you're used to in the northeast at this point.
1: Well, you know, it's it's funny because I was supposed to be flying out like right now. So I uh, this this call would have been in jeopardy if things would have happened as as they were scheduled uh earlier in the week, but the snowstorm in New York I moved up my flight and said, no, we, we, we might as well get out of here on Tuesday so you don't get stuck Wednesday. So I get Tuesday to get to Cleveland a day early to avoid the snow in New York, only to wake up this morning, Wednesday morning, to snow in Cleveland.
0: There you go. Good times. Yeah, it's, uh, it just follows you, man. It follows you. And uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson in that game on Monday Night Football. Now, that's when we were filming the Emotional Saints fans. So I only watched probably the first half of that game didn't get a chance to see the second half, unfortunately, because that's when the fireworks happened. But, uh, what did you, what did you like out of, out of that game in terms of uh, Lamar in terms of uh, Baker as well? I thought both guys showed a lot in that game. You know, Lamar has been on this, you know, uh, uh, on this path of, Hey, I, I can't do the comeback thing. I can't, you know, I can only play with a lead and, and he had to, uh, he had to come back time and again. And, and and we saw we saw vintage Lamar Jackson and, and his ability to run the football with and utilize his legs and and Baker you know made some nice plays and, and he seems to be playing well under you know first year head coach Kevin Stefanski and no Odell Beckham Jr. out there it's uh it, it was a fun affair I mean obviously I went back and watched the highlights of it but it was just a good solid Monday night football game and probably one of the best games we saw saw all season
1: yeah and it kind of helped out a rather bleh or a meh football weekend. Like, I really felt like the games weren't that great. You know, Chiefs, that, I mean, was billed as a big game, but I didn't really think it was. So I think the, the, the Ravens game uh, kind of saved the weekend. Um, what Lamar, I hope, has decided to, to do is to just be himself. I think at times we, and we as in the media, not I as in myself, but we the media, want to change people right away. Well, he's great at this. All right, well, what if he could do this? Well, no, just let him, he literally had one year of being, you know, or two years of being what what we know him to be of, which is a great quarterback uh, in terms of running the ball and an improving quarterback in terms of throwing the ball. And the trash narrative that has come around about how, you know, from behind, what weapons does he have Outside of Andrews, who is he supposed to throw the ball to? Do you trust Hollywood Brown? I mean, he had a big drop in that game. and You know, he bounced back later on. But, I mean, he kind of put them in the position that they were in in the first place with his drop. So I would love to see a quarterback that has the dual threat ability of Lamar Jackson be surrounded with the type of weapons that other quarterbacks get. You know, I really can't think of a, of a run-first quarterback in my lifetime, and that, that's going back some years. As we're getting close, as you had a birthday, I got a birthday coming up as well. I can't think of a time where there's been a predominantly run quarterback that wasn't Steve Young that had top-notch talent around him. Culpepper wasn't a running quarterback. You know, Steve McNair was a running quarterback. His best receiver was Kevin Dyson. You know, Randall Cunningham didn't really have a top-notch number one receiver. You know, he had a very young and drunk Chris Carter. (laughs) You know, that hasn't really been that type. Cam Newton's never had a a real number one receiver. You know, so I would love to see that mending. You know, all these offensive geniuses that, that we talk about or get told that exist in this league, the Shanahan's, and, you know, the Josh McDaniels for a little while. He was considered a genius. How can how why can't a team put number one receivers, a good tight end, around a predominantly run first quarterback? You, the closest you're getting is Mahomes right now, but Mahomes doesn't run nearly as much as these other quote run first quarterbacks. So I think the the perfect blending is Patrick Mahomes with the Tyreek Hills and the Kelseys and the, the running backs out the backfield. But I would love to find Lamar Jackson a true, real number one receiver, not Des Bryant off the scrap heap, not just throwing check downs to receivers, uh, to to running backs, excuse me, and then praying on third and eight for a nine-yard route for Mark Andrews. Like I would love for a team to build a real offense around a running quarterback. And I truly think the sky would be the limit, because if you're a defense, how do you stop that? It's easy to stop a running quarterback if you know he doesn't really have any outlets.
0: It's interesting that br- it's
1: much harder if there's somebody that can stretch the field and go over the top and so on and yeah. so
0: forth. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. Again, Sam Dusenberry Jr., our guest, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, that's a, that's a really good point by you that that there aren't, you know, you, you mentioned Steve Young and and he was a guy who had obviously some really good weapons. Uh, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the the top rushing quarterbacks in terms of rushing attempts in their career. John Elway is fifth, but I wouldn't really consider him a rushing quarterback. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. He's ninth on this list. He's not a rushing quarterback. It is kind and let's of let's be real. Elway didn't have no real top notch receivers. And he didn't, no, he had no. Shannon Sharp. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Sharp as his tight end, and then he had obviously T D in the backfield. Um, he had and those Rod were,
1: Smith for a little bit. Yeah. I think Vance Johnson early in his career with all the Super Bowl losses. I mean, but no real standout top notch
0: receivers. No, for sure. And um it is interesting that when you think about it, the real rushing quarterbacks in this league and, you know, how good would have Michael Vick have been uh, if, if he had a top-notch wide receiver instead of throwing the ball to, to peerless price all those years?
1: I mean, w- when Roddy White is the best weapon Michael Vick's ever thrown to in, in Atlanta, that's a travesty.
0: Yeah, that's that, That's
1: a problem. an absolute travesty. So the, that's my thing because it's like, you know, the, these, these organizations, it's almost like they, they get stuck. If you have your your traditional drop back quarterback, okay, great. We'll just give him a whole bunch of weapons. He can stand there in the pocket. and He can just dissect defenses. Oh, but if we got a running uh, running quarterback, oh, all right. Well, well, we'll just RPO people to death and hope that he can shake a couple of tackles and, and wiggle out of it. Maybe give him a decent tight end on you know third and longs, and we'll just plot our way down the field. Like you can do both. You can blend those two styles. It come up with an actual pro-modern millennial, whatever Gen Z type offense?
0: Right, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, do you believe that quarterbacks make their weapons or do the weapons make the quarterback?
1: Well, that, that, that's very much chicken or the egg. <laughs> uh, to me, <laughs> as, as you know me, I'm very much, and hopefully your audience as well, as they've been you know listening to me and you talk all, all these years now. I'm very much talent first. So, mm-hmm. like, let, let's take my guy or my, fo- my former guy, Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Is Mitchell Trubisky talented? Yes. Is he also a, a starting quarterback, starting level quarterback? No. But if you gave him Baker Mayfield's weapons, if you give him an Njoku, a Kareem Hunt, a Nick Chubb, Juice Landry, Oh, Mitch could put up some numbers. Like, there's no way to mess that up. You would have to be Tim Tebow-esque to mess that up. You would have to be Nathan Peterman-esque to mess that up. If the talent is the skill players are there, it's very hard to gauge a quarterback, much like the inverse of that. If you have a great quarterback but no weapons, it's hard to do back. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Teams have found a way to choose either or instead of trying to have that Chiefs thing where it's a balance. You have the elite quarterback, but you also have a Tyreek Hill who's elite. You have a Kelsey who's elite. And then you have all these running backs who can catch these little screen passes or their check downs and take it to the house. That's how you have this unstoppable offense. If we can do it in Madden, if we can think of this, even in terms of our own fantasy football rosters, Why can't GMs do it in real life?
0: I think what, again, Sam Duesenberry Jr. is our guest. I think what would have been interesting is that if, and I know the Ravens were kind of toying with this idea, and we'll get to your phone calls in just a moment. Hang on, 337-269-1077, that they were thinking about signing Antonio Brown. I would have loved to see them sign Antonio Brown, and, and you put him with Lamar Jackson and see what those two guys can do.
1: Any kind of number one receiver. And, and like, it, it truly is, it boggles my mind to think that, all right, we got a running quarterback, and the most we're going to do is give him a decent tight end. Like McNabb, all of them years ago, he used to run, and he was okay. They got to all those NFC Championship games and, and never really made it over the hump until they did what? Until they when they got T.O., and then all of a sudden, the best year of McNabb's career, and he'll never admit this because he's jaded, the best year of his career statistically and just from an eye test point of view was that one year where he had a legitimate number one beast mode type receiver that could go get anything. How much better Donovan looked once he had someone of his caliber? Now, was Donovan elite? In my opinion, no, but he was like at that level right below that. Mm-hmm. But we can never see that because he's throwing to Todd Pinkston and Fred X. So, you know, you have to be able to surround your quarterback. If you want your quarterback to excel, whether he's a runner or your, your, your traditional old school Johnny Unitas black high top drop back passer, you have to give that person talent. If you're not going to give the running quarterback talent, then why would you all of a sudden go through to to Helen back to get the drop back talent? You should just get all your quarterbacks, no matter what style, no matter what system, all the talent that they can have. And teams have routinely just said, well, if he's a runner, he'll figure it out. And it's like, well, no, you, you, don't, you don't tell Peyton Manning to figure it out. You don't tell Phillip Rivers to figure it out. Hell, y'all don't tell Drew Brees to figure it out. You give him the weapons. He has an Alvin Kamara. He has a Michael Thomas. He had a Shockey. He had a Colston, like you keep giving him top-notch talent to work with.
0: And I think in the beginning, running quarterbacks for some reason. Beginning with Tom Brady, and I think it's a good point because uh, with Tom Brady in the beginning, he kind of had to make chicken salad out of chicken poop. He didn't really have a lot of weapons offensively there in New England, and then they got Randy Moss, and then you saw what happened. He just absolutely exploded. What was that fifty touchdown season? And And that's what
1: never done anything close to that since.
0: That's what I'm saying. These good quarterbacks need these weapons to be successful to the highest level. I mean, they might be able to elevate some average guys and they might be able to have some nice seasons, but I just looked up that Donovan McNabb season and you're absolutely right. That 2000 in, what was it? 2008 year, 2004 year. He went out there, had his best season ever. He threw what? 31 touchdown passes, uh, only a couple of interceptions and uh, TO went nuts that year. He nearly threw for 4,000 yards. Um, and that and was they
1: should have beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl if field healthy. Yes, they had no answer for him on one leg. He still yeah. kills
0: them. Yep, hundred percent. Let's go to the phone lines now. Three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Ronnie's with us now. What's up, Ronnie? Yellow.
2: Ronnie, Hello? what's good?
0: Oh, Ronnie, struggling right now, Damn, huh? Yeah,
1: Ronnie. Damn. All right, Ronnie. Now, 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 again, he better not come in here talk, talking that Maddie Ice stuff because Maddie Ice has been proven to be a fraud ever since he came on here and tried to fight for him. Maddie Ice has been very shaky in the light. And he's a perfect example of a quarterback that I feel is not that great, but has been made great because of the elite talent of Julio Jones.
0: And let's go to our next phone call. Welcome in. What's up?
3: Yeah, um the narrative the history of the narrative has always been well you can't give a running quarterback a top receiver because, you know, once the play breaks down, like why why invest that much money into a receiver when the quarterback's scrambling around, you know? Um, basically, you know, the route running just basically just why why invest in that? That's always been that's always why I heard. Like why invest why spend money on a receiver when he's not gonna be Utilize in the in a way that a so-called traditional quarterback would use him in the offense. That's why you see teams with tight ends. You know, you see like you said, and it's always been like that. Because you mentioned, of course, you mentioned McNabb, and I was thinking you said you was like, "Oh, Kopech not a running quarterback, this and that." So I'm like, "Man, who, who's considered a running quarterback? Like, what is this? Like, who's who's considered a running quarterback?" And I heard you mention McNabb, what he did once he got uh, threw up, well, got on. Uh, for the 04 season, even in that 05 season when Owens uh, played only half the year and he, he got deactivated, they did some things together. And you're right, man. I, I, yeah, it, it is It is interesting, man. Uh, you mentioned Peerless Price. I remember they gave him some. Um, yeah. I think he played with Buffalo. I remember uh, they Off gave level. him. And he, yep. Did, yep. and he didn't pan out, man, Nothing. like you said. And he's, he wasn't an elite receiver. You. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. I always thought. I always I, I think about that too. Like you know, but that's, I, I always heard that that was a thing. Like why spend money on a? That was a guy. There was a matter of fact, a local uh, writer, sports writer around here. Not uh, not foot, but another guy. Um, yeah, why spend money? Why why should a team spend money in the receiver so if important. the running quarterback is not going to just use them in a the traditional setting? You know what's so crazy, man, about Lamar Jackson? And, and Sam, man, you, you made a good point, man. I'm tired of the trash narrative of, oh, you know, the second year, you know, he's not, he's not doing like he did last year. And, well, okay, you you see the situation. Left tackle out, you know, received, uh just injuries here and there. He was injured. You know, it's just a, just a different thing. I think that team, they're going to be okay. Like, they know how. That's that's, that's a well-ran organization, you know, Um so they they going to they, they know they're going to figure it out. Um, but uh, some of the stuff I hear about Lamar Jackson. Now, don't get me wrong. That that was a play where he had the tight end. The tight end had him. You know, he got the tight end got behind the defense, and, and Jackson overthrew him. You know, and sometimes I get aggravated to see him sidearm in the ball. You know that sidearm throw. But other than that, man, what he did the other night, man, that that was that was clutch. That you know, was close. coming, in and um, you're right, man. Who, who is rec- Brown? Who is receivers? You give me an old Daz Bryant,
0: Daz Bryant, <laughs> Devin Duvernay, Hollywood Brown. Uh, you, you know, you Mark right. Andrews. Come on, all of those guys. He, like he, he got the
1: MVP with that winking. type of character. Like that, that should be spoken That's about him. more. Mm-hmm. That he was the far and away the the clear MVP with that type of supporting cast. Where like, i like, like I know Mark Ingram was healthier last year in the run game you know, what was crazy dominant, but the fact that he was able to be that electric and be that clutch last year with that supporting cast doesn't get talked about enough.
0: Sam Dusenberry jr. Again, our guest, we got a couple of more phone calls and I might be stealing somebody's thunder on this one, but Brennan butcher actually up on Twitter, brought this up to me, Sam, and it's a good one. What about Kyler Murray? He's a mobile quarterback and he's got D hop there and see what he's doing.
1: Yeah. And, and, but, but see again, but, that goes to show that that organization knew to see if this kid is actually good. We need to give him top-notch talent. And they were able to find a sucker in Bill O'Brien <laughs> and surround him with the type of talent that now you get to see. Oh, Kyle Murray can actually be, I i, I won't go as far to say elite. but He could definitely be in that class right under that. And he's already doing that with with two Hall of Fame
0: receivers. I don't know, man. He this this cat, twenty three years old. His running ability and his ability to throw the football and that fastball that he has, and you pair him with D Hop, Christian Kirk, and and a guy like Larry Legend. I mean, I think this he's dude could be elite. He's,
1: he's, he's, I think he he's could be, to be elite. very good. But I think to take that elite level, to be that that Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady elite level,
0: I. I But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady because he has a different skill set. He has a more advanced Uh, skill set in terms of running the football.
1: I think he runs because he can. I don't think he has the mentality of a running quarterback. I think he runs because he has the youth, he has the speed. And he could take advantage of it. Lamar runs because he knows I'm the best runner out here. Kyler Murray's a better. Out,
0: I think Kyler Murray's a better runner than Lamar Jackson, but he's also a better thrower of the football. I believe than Lamar Jackson. And now you give him with Kyler, and then you give him DeAndre Hopkins. And if they don't, if they don't give Lamar Jackson somebody, I'm not saying of that ilk, but somebody of you know a legitimate number one wide receiver. I don't. I think Kyler's going to surpass Lamar. Well,
1: look, he he's certainly in the, in a better position to do it right now because he has DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I I'll agree with you there, but I don't see Calum Murray winning an MVP the way Lamar did last year. I think the, the the way the 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 control over the game that Lamar can do with just running RP, he can RPO you to death and still just matriculate like matriculate the ball down the field. I, I don't see Kyler Murray, even with DeAndre, and I think that's why that team that we thought was going to be maybe a contender in that West, it hasn't really panned out that way because Kyler's shortcomings to me are that, one, Kingsbury's not the best play caller or the play designer, but, two, the deep ball for, for Kyler, a little over, over-advertised. And when you have a, a, a DeAndre who you who I think and we've seen with, with Deshaun stretch the field, you're not really seeing that from him. You're seeing it with Kirk, you no, know, that's he, what I was he gonna say, because you up, have Christian up Kirk up and
0: Andy Isabello, two guys that are speedsters who can stretch the field. So you're not asking DeAndre Hopkins to do that as much, I don't think. But he can. He that's can. The
1: thing. He can. So it's like why why would you stop a true, arguably the best receiver in the game? Why would you not send them on a, on, a, on a nine route every now and then? Or tell them to go, to, to go do a seven route. Like, why not? Like, and maybe they do. I don't it. know.
0: I haven't watched enough Cardinal football, and I haven't watched a film on it, so I don't know if they do. And maybe his, this is His the... targets deep are, 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 are significantly
1: less. Now, I checked that early in the year. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's still the case as of right now. But early in the year, because that was the thing I was kind of keeping an eye on, his targets deep. Are not as as close as they were last year with Deshaun Watson.
0: All right, let's get back to the phone lines three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Again, Sam Dusenberry Jr. is our guest. Let's try Ronnie again. Ronnie, welcome in.
4: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of hear what you're saying. All These quarterbacks, man, a lot of them are set up to fail. You know, I'm not gonna say set up to fail. A lot of them are put in great situations to succeed. You know, it's, it's like Sam says, what you put around them too. You know. A like these guys look like running, running quarterbacks, but a lot of them, they'll still running quarterbacks. You don't get the right weapons around them. So when you run too much and all of a sudden you get hurt, and all of a sudden, oh, well, there he goes. I told you he could really throw, but yeah, you know, everything, I mean, no weapons around him. It's like, you know, like you say about Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown. Yeah. I'm like, man, come on, you don't have anybody to throw the ball too consistently. No big target, no big catch radius. Not a Michael Thomas on his team, you know? So. I mean, it's kind of tough. It's tough, man. A lot of these guys are put in bad situations. They got to climb up out of it. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Okay, they've they, they, they been crying about Carson wins, Carson wins, Carson wins, Carson wins. Okay, Carson has been bad. We all know it. Nah, he's bad. The receivers been bad. Everybody's been bad. Defense been average and stuff. Offensive line pitiful. Jalen Hurts gets in there. He wins. Now, all of a sudden, everybody loves him. Now, he might win three. He might lose three games in a row. Everybody will go right back to, say, oh, he's a running quarterback. I don't know if he can replace Wentz. You know, so you got to... Said
1: these no, but hang, on, Ronnie. Hey, hey, hang on, Ronnie. Hey, here's the funny thing about what, what you're saying, right? You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. But the, the one stark thing that uh, P- Peterson did with the Eagles that he wasn't doing with Wentz, he ran the damn ball with Jalen Hurts and not just yeah. running with Hurts himself. He when committed Lyle to Sanders. the run. How come he yeah. wouldn't do that with his $100 million
4: drop back? Yeah, yeah, know, that's yeah I know. It's puzzling. Uh, that's what I say, man. A lot of these guys, they put in situations where it's hard to really dig yourself out, out of these holes, you know? And I don't know, man. There's a lot of I mean, there's only so much you can do. I mean, Deshaun Watson was, you know, he, everybody thought, oh, man, it's going to be a nice combination, him and Hawkins. And all of a sudden, the dumb coach trains his best receiver. Now he might fall off next year or whatever because his weapons are really not there. Well, his feet was, you know, doing what he was doing or whatever. So, I mean, <laughs> after a while, he. he he might kind of slip a little bit all of a sudden, ah, this and that, this and that. But why you trade away his best weapon? I mean, you know, I mean, what are you doing as a franchise, as a GM, as an owner, as a coach? What are you doing? You know, so it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But I do uh, agree with you. I mean, Kyler, Kyler is good, though. He's good. He he is good. I don't see him winning the MVP the way Lamar did, but I I can see him winning the MVP though because he's a man. He's good. Man, he's especially. electric, especially when he got he's rolling with his legs, he can plays with his arm. He's electric though. But it's all be up to Arizona what they put around him. They put the right running game around him. One more receiver because Fitzgerald's getting old. Maybe another. You know, I mean, you got to keep the team going. If you just depend on what they have now going forward, and that's that's it. Well, sooner or later, he'll probably fall off. But you got to keep things going for these guys to succeed. They do with everybody else. And another thing you said about the quarterback, when you said about Brady early in his career and stuff and how he had little receivers, I mean, less weapons and stuff, he did a lot with less, that kind of gives you an idea what kind of quarterback you have too. Because in college, you see know, a bunch of time in college. You got these quarterbacks playing with all-star teams. Matt Liner, USC, all-star team. Everybody's great on the team. Every receiver, every running back, every defender, everybody's great. Then you get to the NFL and, you, I mean, you're clueless. Vince Young. You know, so I'd rather take a quarterback that played in college with less and he made them good than a guy who on an all-star team because with an all-star team, you don't know how hell that good, how good that quarterback's going to be. You don't know. And all of a sudden, you might have a puzzle on your hand nine times out of ten you will because he had such a great team in college. You know, look at uh, Josh Allen. I mean, perfect example with him, too. I mean, Carson, I don't don't Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz was
0: the same way.
4: You
0: know? Yeah, but he, yeah,
4: yeah, a little bit, but I don't think he's good at Josh Allen, though. I don't. I, I, I want I like to see if,
1: if Josh Allen would be this much better this year if he didn't have Stefan Diggs.
0: Oh, dude, Stephon Diggs has made all the difference for him. Mm-hmm. But 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 you don't hear that. You just hear, oh,
1: wow, Josh Allen's taking a step. Oh, no, well, I say that every time I talk about step. Josh Allen. He's taking a well, step I mean, because again, of, of
0: Stephon Diggs.
1: You know the we that, 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 that yes, I speak I know of is always the, the, the blue check boys. Yeah. But, you know, that's the, always the, the forgotten layer there. If Aaron Rodgers had no receiving help, now some, some will argue outside of, of the Devontae Adams that he doesn't, but we know that, that that's asinine. If he truly had no receiving help, He would not be the elite legend, Mount Rushmore godlike figure that he is. Like, he needed help. He needed talent around him. Now, the Packers haven't given him enough talent. But with the talent they have given him, we see the numbers that he's put up astronomical. Mahomes, same thing. If he didn't have a Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, do you think Mahomes would be given half a billion dollar contract Hmm. by the Chiefs? Like, no. Like, you need both. It has to be a symbiotic relationship,
0: and I think part of that is scheme also because I look at and Aaron Rodgers throughout the years, and you know Mike McCarthy's scheme when he, when it first happened, they had a lot of talent there with uh, James Jones and and uh, Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and Randall Connell Driver and guys like that, and those guys were super talented. And You can go five wide and you can spread them out. It's hard to guard all of those guys. You're not you can't double everybody, so uh, yeah. those guys can win. But then when those guys started falling off and they couldn't really replace those guys and you give Aaron Rodgers the big contract so you can't hand out money to the receivers and things like that. Uh, those guys weren't winning as much as Mike McCarthy was used to his wide receivers winning, so he continued to, to run the same offense, and Aaron is just getting sacked. He's throwing the ball away because nobody can get open, and now you see with Matt LaFleur and it, they, they probably don't have the most talented wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams, but those other guys are getting open because Matt LaFleur's creative with his scheme, and he's scheming these guys open. He's making easier throws for Aaron Rodgers, so he doesn't have to hold the football as long, and he doesn't have to throw the football away because generally he's able to help scheme Somebody open, and then when there's an open receiver, bang! Aaron Rodgers can deliver the football.
1: And and, and you know, one thing about the whole contract, no, you know, they can't afford receivers thing. I think that's such nonsense because you know, if you invest all this money in the quarterbacks, and quarterbacks are the most highly paid position in 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 all the sports, or at least in all of the big four major sports, no one gets paid on a higher angle uh, salary than quarterbacks. If you're going to invest all this money into these quarterbacks, why wouldn't you do the same for the primary people that they throw to? Like, why would you give all this? Why would you give $100 million to a starting quarterback? Why would you give a, a guaranteed 80 million to Kirk Cousins and not give him talent to earn that $80 million?
0: Yeah, you need like talent you, on you the outside, and you need you that talent it. up front, also, because you need to protect that quarterback. Because you saw what happened to Joe Burrow this year—no offensive line, good talent on the outside, and he got his knee shattered.
1: Right. So it's like if if you're going to invest in the quarterback, why would you have the quote ancillary pieces around him be bereft of talent? Yeah. If you're if you're going to give this kid, if you're going to give someone like Kirk Cousins, who I, I don't think is good, but has been perceived to be average above average and to strangely to some other people higher than that Hmm. if you're going to give him 80 80 mil you better have a left tackle you better have a dalvin cook you better have a Diggs and Thielen because you want to get all the return on that 80 mil yeah but for some reason people think or gms or or whatever the the standard is You give the quarterback all this money, and then, all right, the job is taken care of. Like,
0: no. Well, that's what I think would happen in Philadelphia. All the money and no help. That's what happened in Philadelphia, because I think they they looked at Carson Wentz, and they thought, man, this dude is an elite-level talent. He can be one of those quarterbacks that can raise the level of play of everybody around them, because he he showed us in that 2017 season, he's got that MVP-level talent. And then... Yeah, well, the thing paid is they, him. They
1: tried with Alshon Jeffrey. They 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 brought in Alshon Jeffrey. And the Jackson
0: it, and yeah, I, I these older talents.
1: At least, at least Deshaun still still got the burners, right? But he's always hurt. Yeah. They thought Alshon Jeffrey more than what I and you know what he really is. He's a big target. He's a possession receiver. Hey, they, they won a Super Bowl with number him though.
0: One. And he made some big yeah, catches on that Super Bowl him, run. It wasn't because of him, though. Well, I mean, like he, he was—he was, was their, one, he was their best one. receiver on that game in that in that Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean, but 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 gee, so that's a return on investment. That's, not much. that's in turn you on the it, resu- investment, though. So I'm I, good with I, the I, Alshon I, Jeffrey thing because they, they want a Super Bowl out of it. There's, I have no qualms about them paying Alshon Jeffrey. I
1: would debate that, but that's that, 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 that's fine. That's fine. But in the sense of they paid him to be something that he's not sure they got that one super bowl that was primarily because of the defense more so than offense but okay
0: you you I don't you know they really put up a lot the, of points in that game they had to score with Tom Brady plays.
1: I mean the, the the trick plays you you account you that as being a good offense
0: that's hey they had to do what they had to do with eh, Nick Foles out okay, there okay
1: that, that Rank we, we, Reich. we can agree to disagree on that All right, but in the sense of what Alshon Jeffrey, what they paid him to be if you if you want to tell me the the money that he's getting and the money that he's been stealing the last two years since they won that is all good, just because he was healthy enough to contribute to that first Super Bowl. I mean, that's I think that's that's great. If you're Alshon Jeffrey, like oh word, you, you're good just off my one year. All right, cool. Then I'm going to keep being beat up, slowed down, lingered by injuries that I brought from Chicago, but didn't tell nobody. I'm going to keep just riding out and cashing these checks because. I have done all that you expected me to do. He's getting paid. Well, he was. The contracts have, have escalated. He's get, He was getting paid number one receiver money. And on no, on no one's earth is Alshon Jeffrey a number one receiver. So, I mean, for me, if you're telling me bang, bang, bang for your buck or return on investment, one pretty good year, a Super Bowl year, where, frankly, and I have way too many Philly fans in my mentions all the time that were telling me, Alshon Jeffrey was okay. He was solid, but he was not a threat. He was not a guy like they, he got, they got sold a bill of goods, a false uh, bill of goods on Alshon Jeffrey. I try to tell him that, that he's a possession guy. He's a jump ball fade in the end zone guy, but all that stuff has kind of been phased out of the, uh, the NFL. So now what do you do with a guy that's slow, big and lumbering? Who's hurt all the time. In that, but you're still paying him respectable money every
0: year. And, and the thing was, uh, we, we got to get one more phone call before we uh, we move on. We're getting long here, so let me uh, let me just get my last point out here, and then I'm gonna go to the next phone call. But uh, in that first season, that Super Bowl year in 2017, for what it's worth, that was the year he got paid the most money in his contract. That was the best year he had. And in that Super Bowl run, he had over 200 yards receiving, three touchdowns in that Super Bowl run. Let's go to Texas. Mike now has uh, been waiting patiently. Texas, Mike, what's up, man?
2: Now, before I get to why I called, did I hear you say you're in Cleveland right now?
1: Unfortunately, I'm in Cleveland, Texas, Mike. Uh,
2: look, man, uh, if you have time, uh, please visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Your buddy G likes rock and roll. You can buy him a nice belated uh, birthday gift uh, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Wouldn't you You, you can't that, go me? no more. You you can't go more than two blocks without seeing an advertisement for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, I have been inundated with advertisements to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, I'll make sure to make that happen.
2: Now, now, uh why call? Look, uh, G's audience, they they think they know basketball, okay? But uh please let them know that unless they've been to 155th Street in Harlem, they should visit Oof. it once in their lifetime. Rockefeller to, uh, try, I don't know if G's been there, but uh, and I know it's a thing. But uh, if you like the game of basketball, you got to go there one time. Agreed. Joe, sure.
1: well, one one fifty fifth in the Rocker, you got to go down to West Fourth at the Cages. Yes, yeah, there's a few landmark spots around New York. You know what I feel is still the mecca of basketball, where you have to visit and pay homage. So I, I agree.
2: That's how Lafayette fans, you you don't know basketball. New York is basketball. Have a good one, sir.
1: Man, uh, I, that, I, that 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 might be Texas Mike. And he always he always gets me. But the fact that he could quote the street that the Rucker is on, Texas Mike is is on another level.
0: I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't even he, think I knew what street Rucker Park was on.
1: Most people don't know. So the fact that he just pulled that out. All the way down there. I, I can't tell you how it's on my face right now. <laughs> Gee, the, the, the grin is very big that Texas Mike pulled that out and dropped one fifty fifth. And again, that the the, the the real way I know he has been there is he didn't have to give you the cross street. You know, normally as you know here in New York, you gotta say, Oh West forty fifth and tenth or yeah. what but there's only one thing in New York. That's synonymous with 155th, and that is the rocker. So respect the Texas Mike. He knows his ball, and he knows his landmarks of basketball.